Hello and thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Billy Newman Photo Podcast. Appreciate you guys tuning in. I think it's, what is it today? I think it's May 16th today, 2020. Hope everybody's doing well. I think this accounts for like the first the first full day after the 15th, which marks uh, the beginning of phase one reopening here in the Oregon area. I guess a lot of other states are sort of entering into the same kind of thing with the beginning of their reopenings and uh, starting up, uh, I think the start of the, I think it's like a lot of retail stores. I don't know what's still restricted, but I think there's still like a number of private businesses that can't really, can't really get started. It seems like a lot of restaurant stuff is still kind of held back. Was it gyms or something? Maybe that's still kind of held back. It seems like, it seems like a lot of places are, are really kind of getting going, but Maybe it's like California. I keep hearing news out of there, probably because you know there's so many people in that area that uh, that are you know producing media and stuff. But I keep hearing kind of strange rules out of the the lockdown that sort of continues to go on in the L.A. County area and along like the California coast in that area. So it's kind of interesting to see how there's such a varied approach in the way that they're they're sort of bringing stuff back. What is it like uh, Arkansas? You can have you can have a concert. <laughs> or something. I think there's a place trying a, a drive-in concert idea. Sounds kind of fun, really. You know, everybody pull up in a car. It just sounds like a good idea, I guess, when there's not a pandemic going on, so there's maybe less fear in that. But uh, but yeah, that sounds fun. Uh, a drive-in concert. I don't know. Or I think there's like a limited seating in places for, for some venues now that I think is max like maybe 150 people is what some places are trying. Some of those Midwest areas, I think maybe like Oklahoma, Texas, uh, Arkansas. I think some areas over there are kind of trying some uh, some live event stuff out. I'm not sure what it is for restaurants in a lot of places. It still seems like social distancing standards are what's required in a lot of those places. I hear about restaurants operating at like 25% capacity or maybe 50% capacity. But even still, that just doesn't seem economically like it's going to work. I didn't really spend a lot of time working in restaurants, but... Even still, you know, I have enough uh, tangential experience with the restaurant industry to know that those margins aren't really wide enough when you're making food. Uh, to if you were if you were just supporting yourself on 100% capacity before all this, there's really not a, a a good reason that that you're going to support your business on 25% capacity uh, for the next foreseeable future. I mean, gosh, like it just seems like you're going to operate at a loss for six months. Or more. I don't know if anybody can really handle that, especially after a big dip like this. You know, it's it's not going to be a, a a better economic time after this for for a lot of those kinds of industries. Or you know, just there's like a, a a rate limit on the amount of customers that you can have at any given time. So that seems to be a problem. I don't know how they're really going to handle that. Um, but I don't know. There's venues and stuff to try to come back. It seems like there's a lot of people just trying to do it to uh, to, to to try and jump back in and, and be the first people competing again. Uh, so I guess in that standard, I, under, I understand it. But it's sort of strange. I'll have to see what uh, like department stores and stuff are doing. I think you know, obviously, the grocery stores that remained open, and uh, so a lot of the places that I would kind of hop into uh, in and out of regularly on a weekly basis had been open. You know, kind of throughout this whole time, and I've almost forgot about you know, like, oh, do I need to go to a clothing store or was there something at a, I don't know, a shoe store or a mall or something you need to go to you know the thing that came up is uh, on my truck I got to get my new tags uh, for like the passenger registration stuff until when is it 2022 you know that two-year registration that comes up so I think I bought my truck now four years ago wow that was like what May 
May 6th, I think. I think it was the day after Cinco de Mayo. And it looked like the guy at the bank that was handling like the, the payment when I was making the, the transfer of funds between my ownership uh, or, you know, like the other guy's ownership to my ownership of the vehicle. The guy that was doing it behind the counter looked pretty, pretty hungover. And I was thinking, oh, yeah, it was Cinco de Mayo yesterday. I guess I got to take it easy on this guy. But that was four years ago, yeah, that I bought the uh, bought the Colorado and I've uh, been driving that around since. And so, yeah, now I got to... Uh, now I got to buy new tags for it. So I had the the letter in the mail a couple weeks back. It was sort of before most of the pandemic lockdown stuff had started. I think it was in early March that I first got my paperwork. Probably should have mailed it in at the time. But uh, but I was looking up the other day that uh, that during this period of the state of emergency, things like car registrations and driver's license expirations are, um, I guess, being handled on a case by case basis, but generally being treated with uh, an amount of leniency. Uh, so I have that to look forward to, I guess that, uh, yeah, if, if, uh, if you had a registration lapse during the time of the pandemic, you really asked to not participate in going to the DMV. I think they're closed in all cases. And I think there's maybe like one or two spots that are having, um, by appointment only type of events going on. There's some information on the page for the, the Oregon DMV and um, there's probably information generally, uh, state by state. I heard stuff from, like in Georgia, they're saying like, um, if you were, if you were a 16-year-old or, or coming on to be a 16-year-old and you had a, an appointment to get your driver's license scheduled, I think you, you just you just get to drive now. You don't need to be licensed or something. They can't come in and get a license. And I guess there was a, a need uh, to, to whatever decision-making they, they had come to. There was a need for those people to have access to drive, I guess, during this emergency. You know, probably in a lot of those places like... Uh, uh, I don't know if this is the case. I don't know if we're talking about Atlanta, Georgia here, but uh, but it seems like out in the sticks, uh, even out, out here, you know, in the farm country in Oregon and stuff, uh, you know, you're 13 or 14 and you're kind of learning how to how to move a cart, you know, how to move, you know, some kind of utility vehicle around a property when you're you're trying to do maintenance and stuff. I was driving a golf cart around all the time by the time I was nine, 10 or something like that. And then uh, that kind of escalated into like a farm truck or work truck by uh you know, like a later age, I was learning to drive when I was, I guess like a real vehicle was still like when I was 15, but yeah, it seems like you would need to, uh, kind of have access to that. So yeah, if you weren't able to get into a DMV to get any kind of licensing, I guess it'd be nice to roll your permit over to a license or maybe it's something like roll your, I don't know, roll into just having a permit without having to worry about it. Who knows? But uh, it seems like, yeah, that was something they were trying over, uh, you know, and different states have different rules as we're finding out pretty clearly, I guess, in the last couple of months. But over here, I, uh, yeah, I found out that passenger registration is, uh, is not required to be updated. I guess, uh, when I was looking at that too, the governor, Kate Brown had extended the state of emergency. It's kind of a few different things going on. You know, there's the stay at home orders and then there's also the the governor's uh, emergency powers that are established when they issue a state of emergency. And I also think that gives them access to federal funding for the emergency so that it doesn't have to come out of the state budget. Is that what it is? It's something like that. Uh, I'm, I'm not I don't you know. I don't understand governance. Uh, but the state of emergency order, I think, was extended into like July 6th. 
I think is what it was at latest kind of perhaps could be extended further than that. Originally, you know, when all this stuff started, it was, uh, you know, 15 days to flatten the curve, March 15th to April 1st. And that, you know, pretty quickly expanded into uh, what we've been experiencing now, which, you know, it could go no other way. Right. When has it ever been that? Oh, yeah, just 15 days of this and it'll be uh, we'll wrap it all up. All the loose ends. We'll handle them in 15 days so I guess that uh, never happens it didn't happen this time either and what do you know there's like uh, complications in communication and limited amounts of supplies for things that seem necessary now and it just seems like that's a that's like how it goes every time there's a big national emergency what was that movie like uh, where it was it was a cover in the Russian soldiers in the World War II front and it was like kind of the front lines the scene was and you know one person it's factual to history right but uh, one person got a gun and then the person next to him got a box of ammo and no gun right so it just seems like oh yeah well they, they only had a they only had enough for one of each you know uh so yikes seems like that's kind of just how it goes sometimes so fortunately we're not in uh, that kind of uh like i don't know we're not in that kind of hot water it seems a lot better than that. Unfortunately, yeah, it hasn't been as uh, problematic as maybe we had uh, maybe first anticipated. Ooh. So, I don't have to worry about my truck registration. You guys are excited about that. I was thinking I had to go in the DMV. I don't have to. It's cool. Uh, this last week, uh, I've been doing a bunch of gardening stuff. The weather kind of turned a little bit uh, to the rainier side of things. So, I don't know. I was kind of discouraged from doing some camping stuff that I might have wanted to do or really I'm trying to figure out some time to get out into eastern Oregon and make it to a, a few of the more distant spots that I haven't been to in a while and it's a tricky time of year because it's like um, I don't know what it is so it, it, what am I saying when it's real cold in the winter some of the pestilence stuff isn't really out but it's real cold so like the ticks aren't out as much the mosquitoes Oh, high desert mosquitoes. Yikes. They're not out as much. Uh, some of those things go a little easier when it's colder early in the year. And then later, when it's more towards summer, it's a little bit easier with the environment that you're dealing with. It's not as harsh or extreme or cold. You know, you're not freezing all the time. Um, but there's like a few other harsh conditions of heat that you have to deal with. So there's there's kind of like a few different pockets that you can hit. And right now it's difficult too because, you know, it's like it's 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 the more wet season over there. You know, it's not rainy now. The snow is probably melted off. Uh, but, uh, but well, yeah, there's like a bit of rain that's, that's still falling this time of year. Uh, some of the, the areas out there, they dry up real fast in the summer. So what you would normally find to be just dry land out there this time of year, if it's a flat, like low lying area, it'll kind of turn to this, this marsh or like sometimes a lot of those areas, it almost looks like a lake or something, you know, it's like a one foot, it's like one foot deep or, you know, one or two or three inches deep for most of it. Maybe Max is at it six inches deep at the center and, uh, or just these areas that turn real marshy. And then after a week or so, you know, that water uh, sinks to the ground and just uh, grass rises up from that. But, uh, this time of year, it can be real, real tricky out there in some spots. Um, so, and then the, yeah, the ticks get really bad and it seems like April and maybe part of May too. Uh, I'm not a big fan of those or other weird little stuff out there. Gosh, I remember finding like a scorpion out there in Eastern Oregon, like a real, like a tiny one. I don't know. It was probably like three inches, three inches or so. Saw it at night with a flashlight. I was like, yikes, that's out here. I didn't know there were scorpions. 
ugh, I don't need to see any of that stuff. Um, but yeah, I've been trying to find some time to go out to Eastern Oregon, but the weather and stuff has kind of turned a little bit, so that might be a week or two before I do that. And it's yeah, it's just kind of been a weird time with uh, a bunch of that stuff. I was looking at a thing where I think it was on Oregon Live. They're they're getting to the point like we were talking about a bit ago, where or even on the last podcast, so there's some public lands that are reopening across Oregon, and um, they're they're open they're opening up the state parks. I guess pretty soon, or, you know, like the state public lands, but they're still like asking sort of strange rules about that. I think there was something about how they're going to, they're going to open up, uh, Smith rock state park north of Bend, that rock climbing area. But they're saying that they're opening it for locals only is sort of what they're listing. And (laughs) And there was an article in the Oregonian that that said that, uh, Portlanders are not welcome. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know how forcible that is or, or how that's really structured. Part of what was advised in the language was that you're, you're not supposed to travel more than 50 miles from your home for outdoor recreation. Uh, I don't, I don't know if that's the rule or regulation or, or what's really understood is Oregon has really uh, just reopened hunting and fishing to out-of-state residents. So, I mean, does that, does that line up? You can come in from Utah and hunt, but you can't go from Portland to somewhere out in eastern Oregon and hike or walk around or go to an open state park. seems like if you're within your own state, you're you're in your state you know they should have made it smaller states if they wanted you to not travel that much so i don't know i understand if they want to lock down the state or try and keep you more confined to that area but it seems a little strange if you are reopening if you're closing close you know but if you're reopening and it's open i don't know it sounds like it's open I think there's a there's a number of places that are kind of concerned about it with kind of some good reason. And really, I've been kind of concerned about this as a growing uh, problem for me. Really, I think, uh, you know, it, it's just going to be escalating as uh, everybody's kind of been cooped up for a long time. Anybody that wants to get out has been stuck kind of thinking maybe they can't get out. And I think real soon, like this weekend or really next weekend and the weekend after for Memorial Day weekend, I think it's really going to flood a lot of a lot of places, a lot of public land places that I'd want to go to just because the, I mean, unless I'm selecting somewhere real remote, um, these areas, they're all being stated as being reopened. People have been stuck inside for a long time. It's Memorial Day weekend. So it's kind of, uh, it's socially known as the weekend to go out and begin camping. It's probably going to be the first time that in Oregon, we're really getting some nicer weather, uh, sustaining into the summer and, uh, as many people that will still exist that don't want to go outside related to the pandemic stuff, there's going to be so many people that do want to go out that I think it's really going to flood out a lot of, uh, a lot of areas in the next couple of weeks. And we're probably going to see some weird regulatory reactions from that. Uh, you know, like, I don't know, Gow Cape Brown kind of around spring break said, um, you know, go out, go, go to the beach, walk around. It's important to get exercise. And everybody did that. And they said, how dare you get out and go to the beach and, walk around as much as he did. So then they closed it all down. So I think we're going to kind of see something, something like that here soon too, where they say, Oh yeah, Oregon state parks are reopening, but don't go. Oh, and it's Memorial day weekend and you all went. So now we're, we're closing them again. So you don't go. I don't know. That's speculation, I suppose. But yeah, it's funny to see a, an article saying, yeah, Portlanders don't come. So, Oh, okay. Uh, 
Sure. <laughs> I don't know. That doesn't sound fair to me. Uh, yeah, state state parks and stuff. I'd probably stay away from a lot of state parks for a while, uh, just given their. Uh, uh, well, yeah, they're just they seem to be in sort of a regulatory flux. So it seems like uh, things that you might understand as being uh, acceptable uh, public land use stuff at any other time might might be a little different on the state lands right now. So yeah, if it's a state park like a. Uh, you know, a place with facilities and and little trails and stuff that you have to pay a fee for. I don't know. I might stay out of there for a little while. Like, what was it? Like, Silver Falls State Park, Smith Rock State Park, some of those spots. I bet we're gonna be we're gonna be really uh, overcrowded for a couple periods of time. They're kind of recommending if you don't find parking in the parking lot, then you should go home because it's too full. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's probably how it is most, most of the time. Um, so yeah, who knows, but I was saying earlier, uh, yeah, I've been kind of doing a bunch of gardening stuff this week. That's pretty exciting. So yeah, I went down and I got, uh, I got a bunch of railroad ties to put together like a garden box and then uh, some soil amendment stuff. So I'm trying to fill that in. We got some starter plants too, uh, you know, a couple different vegetables and, uh, and, and things like that that we're going to try and grow through the summer. So yeah, we're, we're trying to carve out a, a garden box spot now and we've been having like deer that come through pretty frequently and we're we're gated off too but they still kind of come in from this lower section over there that's uh that's more opened up that we don't really have control over so well i don't know we'll see how those deer do but uh but i also picked up a thing of um a thing of chicken wire that i'm going to try and put across as like a fence for it so we'll kind of see how that goes but that's going to try and protect them protect some vegetables from from the deer that we got yeah so i don't know that's some of the gardening stuff that i'm up to and i've been trying to do like different yard stuff trying to clean things up but that's not very exciting that's kind of the same stuff that i've been up to for most of the week was just kind of chores like that well and some driving here and there i wanted to read this story this was one in the oregonian uh and that we'll probably wrap up with but this one was uh one that says more state parks reopen on the Oregon coast from Lincoln city to Florence. This is one of the things that uh, a lot of the small, like kind of like we were talking about with Smith rock too, and different state parks. Right. But uh, a lot of the, uh, the smaller towns on the coast had been talking about how they have low, uh, I don't know, just not enough facilities. A lot of those smaller towns, you know, with Port Orford, they don't have a hospital, do they? Uh, so there's a, there, I guess problems with uh, the amount of, um, publicly available medical facilities for people that might end up getting sick or uh or, or exposing the community to um coronavirus so even though they are reopening they are saying they're not reopening right or are they uh so this one from uh the oregonian i think just published yesterday on the 15th says uh, yeah more state parks reopen on the oregon coast lincoln city to florence the gradual reopening of Oregon State Park System has now reached the central Oregon coast. The Oregon Parks and Recreation Department reopened 25 state park sites on the central Oregon coast Friday, including popular beachfront sites like Hasita Head, Seal Rock, South Beach, Jesse M. Honeyman, and D. Rivers State Parks. Some parks have fully reopened, but many are open with limited facilities and services. Another 10 state parks along the central coast remain closed, including Beverly Beach, Boiler Bay, 
and Rhodes End State Parks. I don't really know those places where Rhodes End. I know Beverly Beach. That's a pretty popular one. The entire Oregon State Park system closed to the public on March 23rd to help stop the spread of the coronavirus pandemic. Now, as counties are getting approved for the state's phase one reopening plan, park officials are slowly reopening those parks to the public. Oh, it says a, a full list of Oregon State Park reopenings is posted online at OregonStateParks.org. So that's probably a good spot to go if you're looking for some information about the public land reopenings here in Oregon is uh, go to the Oregon State Park site. I also, so and like I was saying on the last couple of ones, I had gone to the, uh, to the Oregon, uh, what is it, the ODFW, the Fish and Wildlife site to see what those people were saying and what their closures were related to the COVID pandemic stuff. And like I talked about, I mean, there was like individual, uh, individual choices for a lot of those national park systems or, or uh, BLM lands, but a lot of them would remained open to, to some capacity. Um, so yeah, it's worth it to, to kind of go and find out some stuff, but yeah, now that it's, it's reopening, there's some stuff that is definitely reopening. So continuing with that article, Many of Oregon's most popular state parks remain close to the public, including all sites in the Columbia River Gorge and others close to Portland, like Silver Falls. What is this one? Milo McIver and Stubb Stewart. State officials continue to urge Oregonians to avoid non-essential travel, including day trips, and for those in urban areas, to not travel more than 50 miles from home to recreate. That's an interesting sentence, and I don't think this is a law, by the way. So, <laughs> uh, thanks, state officials. State officials continue to urge, without making a law or regulation, Oregonians to avoid all non-essential travel, including day trips, and for those in urban areas to not travel more than 50 miles from home to recreate. Is that like the one urban area of Portland? Is that what they're talking about? Hmm. I don't know if I trust that as a rule. <laughs> probably could get shot down. I think if you want to get out and you know you could get out, you probably can. This is what I was also thinking too, is it might be a good time to get a fishing license or get a hunting license. I think they're like, you know, 35 bucks. You can get the, the super pass or something for like 75 and get both of them. But uh, that gives you, it seems like some rights to, to be traveling around. I mean, even still, if you just kind of claim that as, as what your occupation is while you're out, you probably get more leniency too. Um, but it seems like, yeah, that those whom are initiated seem to have more access now than, uh, than those who, uh, then just read this article. Uh, so yeah, it seems like if you had like a fishing license and you're traveling around and you went to a place to go fishing because it's an allowed activity, you could do that. It seems like, uh, and, or, you know, like, like I was mentioning a minute ago, it's like, you can't travel more than 50 miles from your home to recreate, but Oregon has reopened public lands to out of state, like hunting and fishing license holders to come into state to use the lands for recreation purposes. Uh, so it seems like if out of state people can do it, then certainly people who are in the state can go to travel to participate in those kind of activities too. Um, but I also understand that, yeah, maybe just traveling to a state park to go hike with a hundred thousand other people is probably a bad idea or I don't know, an undesirable idea at the time. 
And so people who visit state parks are encouraged to take precautions to help prevent the spread of COVID-19. Officials said visitors should wear face masks and bring their own hand sanitizer, soap, and water. Probably because the bathrooms are still going to be closed or strangely closed. Um, not a bad idea to bring hand sanitizers and soaps and waters to, to outdoor places normally, but I don't know if it's going to be a big deal in this one. People are also asked to keep six feet apart of social distancing while out at park sites and to leave one space between their car and the car next to them. Hmm. I don't know about that one. Visitors are asked to recreate only with those in their household. Wow. Well, thanks for the information. <laughs> okay. So that's the idea, I guess, from uh, the, the word of state park reopening. So it was OregonStateParks.org was one of the sites you can go to to find out some of the information about the May 15th Phase 1 reopenings of uh, Oregon State Park public lands. Yeah, sounds fun. Well, at least there's a, a couple spots opening up back like that. Uh, it seems like uh, still a few places around here, like the city parks and stuff, those are still all shut down. So uh, I'm not in too much of a draw to go to any of these state parks, really. You know, this is one of those things where you see this article, and uh, this is one of those things where if you're a little confused about the delineations of different public lands, it can be, it can seem like, and this is what I had thought um, in sort of the, the layman's view of it before, is that when I saw something like that of, um, you know, state parks reopening, I would have thought, oh, well, like they were closed before. And I guess state parks were, but I would have just sort of assumed that to be almost all public areas that you could go out to or go outside to. Or I wouldn't have really known of uh, places outside of just those limited areas of state parks. But I think like we had talked about on um, the last podcast, uh, a lot of those national wildlife refuges were open. A lot of the wildlife viewing areas were still open. Wilderness areas are, of course, still open. Uh, you know, there's still a lot of things that were, uh, that were publicly accessible to, to go out on and go hiking on. And a lot of those places are going to be way less populated than their, their state park counterparts. I think just because of the, the notoriety that they have. I mean, you know, there's, there's good reason really, I'd suppose why the Columbia river gorge, uh, hikes are closed down right now. Those get very busy during a lot of the year. And I just don't know if they could, uh, they could handle, um, that kind of use capacity right now. Or it just seems it seems like a lot of stuff. Uh, same with Silver Falls or or even Smith Rock and some busy days like that. I'm not, you know I'm sure in the spring it can it can get super busy out there. So if they're reopening and they're filling the parking lot, it's probably going to be busy enough, and it's probably going to be busy with uh, a lot of folks from Bend that haven't been there in a while. I understand the idea of uh, people locally wanting to get out and go to those things, but it, it seems like an odd and uh, just sort of beyond what is legally regulated uh for them to ask that uh, people not go uh just for just for no reason um so i'm probably not going to go but uh, uh i guess that's for for my own reasons and stuff so uh we'll see how it goes i'm going to try and get out a little bit before the memorial day weekend which is uh when i'm kind of supposing it's going to going to hit another maximum and they're going to probably try and uh, and more sternly ask that people not go which i'm not looking forward to i don't want to follow those rules i want to go so i'm going to wrap up the podcast around here and uh, continue my day with some cool gardening stuff outside like i was talking about earlier you have that to look forward to on the next podcast did i plant the marigolds or not find out next time on the billy newman photo podcast you can go to billynewmanphoto.com uh, to see some of the other stuff I've been working on, some of the posts I've put up, some of the other podcasts I've uh, put together 
in past years as well. Um, and yeah, I suppose that's it. I'm going to try and go out and uh, do some stuff for the weekend, do some gardening like I was talking about. Maybe I can get out and do some fun photo stuff and uh, have something cool to talk about next time. That's a little more photo news related. But thanks a lot for tuning in to this episode of the Billion Photo Podcast. I think this is episode 146. Bye.